0: Awesome date. Awesome topic. A man heads on fire, and so are other organs. This is the Awesome Cast. folks, and welcome to the Awesome Cast. I'm Basil, and with me are three very special guests. We've got, over the internet, Daryl from Any World Order and Otaka USA Magazine. Sometimes Hi French folks, great right.
1: to be back. Uh, it's uh, been, been far too long since I've graced uh, the might of the Awesome Cast with uh, my wonderful presence. But, you know, you can rejoice that I'm back once again to tell us all about the, the great movie that everybody else doesn't like.
0: That's right. Also, <laughs> on the internet, we have Nico from M- uh, MTAC, as well as CineGeek. Hello, everybody. And also with with us is my buddy, Caleb. He is one, He's the assistant gaming director for Hamacon, as well as one of the founding members of a local, local fighting group called BDP. I was it? Big Pandas? Um, big Pandas playing. Big yeah. Pandas playing. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go with that
2: for right now. <laughs> But what I want to
1: know, there's a lot of people suddenly coming out of the woodwork with names like Caleb and Aiden, and and that sort of thing. Is this like a recurring trend, or am I the only one seeing this?
2: Uh, I actually never meet other Caleb's. I I work at a daycare, and there are a lot of Aiden's, but I never, I rarely ever meet Caleb's. Like I, for the longest time, I felt like I was the only one.
3: If this is a trend, it seems to be more of something of the late 80s, or mid-80s, because I have a, a, I know several people with that name from my college days, and also I have a cousin who was born in the mid-90s named Aiden, so I guess it is something in the, the right before the millennium change. Yeah, yeah
1: Skyler's another one. We're going to have a president who's going to be named like Aiden Caleb Skyler.
0: <laughs> I'd vote for him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the horse ebooks or something like that and we're not going to know what to do with ourselves.
0: It's what we'll have a president who's actually just a marketing twitter that just, you know, draws up. It's almost what we already have now. Are right? you Are you kidding? It's good, it's
2: going to be Siri. Siri's going to be the next president. A 4S is going to be the next president. I don't think
0: Siri Not even is Terry Crews. Well, good to know. So, you can find the website at awesomecast.com.
1: At, uh, yeah, but it's awesome with uh, the OSM
0: cast. it's yes, awesome it's osmcst.com. But I think at the time, Awesome was the full name was taken. It's also really long. Who wants to spell out A-W-E blah, blah, blah. OSM is so much shorter and simpler, and of course no one knows. And people they think it's Awesome. Yeah. Anime World Order can be found at um, – do y'all use – is it com again, or is it AWO Podcast?
1: Uh, yes, either site will work, uh, www.animeworldorder.com or www.awopodcast.com. But animeworldorder.com will always work.
0: Awesome. And what is it? It's, uh, CineGeek is CineGeek.com or .net? Com. It's a
3: CineGeek.com,
0: and you'll be able to find our weekly podcast and all of our reviews
3: on there. Uh, I had a review go up recently for Transformers Prime, the first season on
1: Blu-ray. And that's CineGeek like cinema, not CineGeek like cinnamon.
3: Correct. It's a C-I-N-E-G-E-E-K.com.
0: And Tech is .net. Yes, mtac is .net, M-T-A-C dot N-E-T. So now, while I have you all both here, when is mtac going to finally bring the big guns so we can convince AWO to show up at your con instead of Anime Boston? <laughs> well,
1: it's actually a little more complicated than that, Basil. But no, this year, I was going to go to Anime Boston. Um, Gerald is definitely going to be there doing panels. But I'm actually going to be at SoccerCon this year. Because uh, Yoshiaki Kawajiri is the guest, and so I was like, "Oh well, when's the last time he was in America? I better, you know, strike while the you know opportunity is fresh." So uh, this year I'll actually uh, be at SoccerCon. Not doing anything; I'm just going to be there. But yes, yeah, so oh. I'll I'll come to MTAC You know, if people will fly me out, and uh, <laughs> you know, or maybe at least help out with the the expenses a bit.
0: Come on, Basil, come on. you can front the cost on that, Basil. Nico, you can drop one stupid band. Y'all got tons of them.
1: As you long, know, just get you don't got rock Wizard Rocket band. there, do you? Do we have who? You don't have, like, the Wizard Rock bands? No. Okay, because those, those people do, like, the, the geek con circuits, you know, the, where the, the rock band, we only talk about, like, Harry Potter and stuff like that. Uh,
3: this year, talk our musical guests, uh, we have uh, Headphones President, which is a, a Japanese band, And the uh, the main singer used to be uh, Sailor Moon on the uh, stage shows back in the '90s, which was got some of our staff really excited.
1: We also have Samantha B.
3: No, not at all. We also have uh, Notorious
0: MSG and Pin Pinal, and we have a couple other smaller musical acts, but they're local. Okay, well, next time, Nico, I want Mike Tool, some Japanese guests, (laughs) AWO, and a pony. Not like a mild little pony, an actual pony. Well, so I, I, here. we know some people who uh, have horses, so we'll see what we can do on that one. Uh, well, speaking of MTAC, I'll be at MTAC doing things, uh, I'm sure, because I'm on the program.
1: But What day is MTAC? You gotta plug that.
0: Uh, oh yeah, uh, it's uh, it's Easter weekend. It's April 6th through the 8th, as with almost every
3: other anime convention in the country.
1: Yeah, same weekend as Anime Boston, same weekend as Soccer Con, same weekend as PAX East. Yep. It's not an anime con, but it's a con that people are going to.
0: Yes, thankfully this time, HamaCon, which is the first weekend of June, is not like every other con. It only shares the same date as a con, and we all know that's not really an anime con anymore. Regardless. Is
1: HamaCon, the convention, devoted entirely to Larry Hama?
0: Um, we tried, but instead it just stands for Huntsville Madison, and so we have a pig mascot. But I'll see what I can do.
1: <laughs> Get that G.I. Joe cross-promotion in there. <laughs>
0: Like, I'll, I'll see. what at least, very least, I might be able to find some clues from just for the pain train, just because I I I control that with an iron fist. Previously, on today, Daryl was already already on a podcast. Well, what's up with that?
1: Yeah, um, today happens to be the uh, one year anniversary of you know the uh, tsunami um, that hit Japan and uh, caused you know terrible devastation, and so. Um, People who run the One Piece podcast, you know, the unofficial one that is, put together sort of a unending telethon sort of podcast um, in which they would get various guests on at points to raise money. They actually uh, they raised quite a bit of money last year, and so they did it again this year. And um, you know, not not quite as long. I think it was only two days nonstop for them instead of the grueling three that they did the last time. But they still uh, raised a decent sum of money. So. Uh, I went on there, uh, killed half an hour of time, and I guess, uh, you know, did some modicum of good, maybe.
0: Well, I figure as long as you feel bad about yourself afterwards, it's a success.
1: I think so. I figured, like, the incentive to get people to to donate money would be to humiliate yourself for the sake of the Internet, right? So I hooked up a webcam, actually, so people would actually see uh, the conditions of squalor that I live in. Uh, I, I keep getting criticisms on twitter about how the fact that i don't have shelves or furniture you know because that that just stands in the way of of collecting stuff right
0: yeah it does but it's sometimes it's nice to see things up on a shelf and go yep that's a whole lot of crap sure is maybe see, that's what i that. did
1: instead of recording uh my own show <laughs> is, is be on on two other podcasts in a day maybe what i should do the second this ends is record my own show so i feel less bad about myself
0: you could, or then or do it as like a preface and make an omni-episode um, consisting of your segment, then the um, otakus thing, giving to Japan thing, then this one, just as one gigantic.
1: I would need a special tool to do that, perhaps an omni-tool, as it were, which sort of ties into what I've been doing for the past week, which is probably what everyone else has been doing for the past week, and that is to say I've been stopping the Reaper threat in Mass Effect 3.
3: Well, see, what you really After. need to do... What you really need to do is just have different story elements in each podcast, so no one gets the full story until they get every single other show, complete with all the other variant covers that come with them.
1: The transmedia or... approach never it, – it, they tried it with the Matrix trilogy, and everyone was really mad that the movies weren't a complete story. I'm not going to be fooled by that one again.
0: Or at each time you listen to the previous podcast, you have to make decisions. And the decisions you make in the previous podcast will affect the, the outcome what happens in the next podcast – and then the final segment will be some crazy Ava stuff, and everyone will complain about it on Twitter.
1: Yeah, I, I maybe I haven't gotten that far in the game yet to know if that's going to happen. But the thing I'm getting at is uh, it took a lot of willpower on my part to not play the video game that shipped like three and a half million units on the first day or whatever the statistics are, because over on the Otaku USA website. I just wrote up a retrospective article on Lupin the Third, the Castle of Cagliostro. Definitely an awesome movie. This year is the 40th anniversary of Lupin the Third. I figure between that, the fact that there's a new Studio Ghibli movie out in the theaters, uh, Secret World of Arieti, and uh, the fact that there's a new Lupin the Third TV series coming out next month, directed by Sayo Yamamoto, who made Michiko Hachin with animation by Takeshi Koake, who made Redline a perfect time to go back and look at what's pretty much the most famous Lupin the Third anime production uh, you know, ever. Um, so do check that out. It's over at otakuusa.magazine.com.
0: So what have you been doing, Nico?
3: Really, I've just been gearing up for MTAC and doing convention work. Uh, that's pretty much consumes most of my life. Uh, also, uh, writing reviews, like I said, the Transformers Prime went up. I did a couple of Doctor Who reviews, or working on them. I don't know if they're up yet. And that's pretty much it. I don't really have much other time besides that and work.
1: I just want to tell everyone when you go to Cinegeek and you read that Transformers Prime review as a preview, it's entirely Nico talking about how much he loves Miko because it's so similar to his own name. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I had to do some double takes and look it up the first time I actually watched an episode to be sure. Is that an M or an N? How are they saying that right?
0: Well, that's, it's a slightly different because for, for Daryl it's the same thing, but only because he knows somebody named Miko.
1: Who behaves very similarly to the Miko in the cartoon.
0: I cannot comment on the cartoon as I've not seen it, but I could totally see her act like a character in a cartoon. So, as that is a person who I also know. Actually, I met before I met Daryl, which is kind of weird considering so right I now talk to Daryl more than I talk to her. But she's off busy doing, like, real things, like yeah, going to conferences about video games and stuff and actually making stuff happen.
1: That's right, being at GDC.
0: Meanwhile, I have also been, you know, fighting the Reaper threat, while um, also playing a game on my 3DS that everyone else played years ago, which is Tales of the Abyss.
1: The Tales of series is such a weird series for me to get into. Like, I know that some of them are okay, but some of them aren't. Um, how is this one?
0: It's pretty good. I'm enjoying it. The the trick is, is that all Tales games follow a a, a, a pattern a um, and outline a, a formula.
1: That kind of can and be said for all JRPGs at this point.
0: It, it can, but I think but Tales follows its own like Tales variant of the JRPG formula. And, and so the trick is it's just finding Tales games that do a good job of the formula, not so much what's unique and interesting. I kind of learned this the hard way playing Abyss, because before this, the other big one I played was um, Vesperia on um, 360, and I've realized that Vesperia and Abyss both follow their patterns very closely. Like, it almost feels like Vesperia now, I've realized that I'm playing, I'm sort of, it was a take two of the Abyss formula in particular. Like it almost feels like I'm playing a Tales of Mad Lib, where they just filled in the spots and different spots, the, the different blanks with just different names that's more or less following the same thing. But it's fun, so – and it's – the storyline is kind of the Final Fantasy XIII of story. uh, Oh, wow. That's
1: that's a real endorsement.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, I start off hating the main character because he's really annoying and a whiny jerk. But then about ten hours in, he finally, you know, smarts up. By the time he smarts up, everyone else gets pissed off at him, and everyone's being a whiny jerk about him. And so you're like, okay, well, now you're annoying. Great. About t- 10 hours later, everything, they're all sort of settled, and everyone's cool. And I like everybody now. 20 hours into the game. On the plus side, the overall story's interesting, and the battle system's still fun, and the music's okay. So it, it saw as it was good enough game to keep me going after that happened and to go through it, whereas 13 kind of felt like a story slog the for beginning to end where the battle system was the only thing keeping me going, and it wasn't good enough to outweigh everything else.
1: I don't even like the battle system that much, the more I think about it. But th- we're <laughs> not talking about that game. I want to know what Caleb's been up to.
2: Oh, well, I have been recovering from final round last weekend, which has been hard because Street Fighter Cross Tekken and, and Mass Effect 3 came out, so I've been trying to recover Pandora's box and save the Earth from the reaper thread wow wow so a-
1: you you willingly bought street fighter cross tekken knowing of the dlc situation knowing of the locked characters on the disc you bought it anyway that's dedication
2: yeah well i mean my theory is is that we're going to spend money on it anyways it, it, that stuff's never really oh that's some me, battered
1: so. wife syndrome that's what it is
2: <laughs> but like i mean stuff like that has never battered never bothered syndrome, me so. i'm
1: sorry internet yeah.
2: but it's never bothered me before so i didn't figured why should it bother me now and the game's fun, so I don't care.
1: So but yeah. How I mean, do you feel... Oh, go ahead.
0: Uh, also, so how do you feel about the whole DLC gem situation?
1: Uh, some of those gems are just uh, way too good, and it's basically yeah. a pay money to win kind of game.
2: I, I will, I will say that a lot of the gems are really good, but from what I've played so far, now granted, this is just week one. The gems don't really affect stuff all that much. Now I don't know about the gems coming up that are like super broken. Give me a dollar and you can win gems, but as of right now, I'm just like, eh, gems aren't that big of a deal. Whatever. So now, has
0: the paid-for gems come out yet, or is that... No, not that, that I know of. So, I'll expect a report from you later. Aye, aye Captain. To, to, to let me know how terrible the game turns into. If it, Yeah, if it turns
2: out terrible, then you you and the internet will be the first to know.
1: Yeah, because I remember, you know, people initially... That initial batch of feedback for Soul Calibur Five was pretty positive, and then a lot of people were like, oh, don't really like this game that much, because... Uh, Everything we liked about Soul Calibur is gone except for the multiplayer part, and Soul Calibur was always kind of a, a casual game that wasn't like geared specifically towards the online multiplayer aspect of it. And now that there isn't all the quests and, you know, little challenges and mission modes and stuff, is uh, a lot of people kind of got soured on the fact that you have to play the terrible story. But, um, hopefully, uh, Street Fighter Cross Tekken will, you know, turn out a little better, but yeah, that one had the, the deck stacked against it from the start, it sounds like.
2: Yeah, it, it did, but I think as everyone actually got their hands on the game, they started to realize that, hey, you know, this is actually, Capcom somehow
0: knew what they were doing on this one. Well, I, I think it's one of those things where I, at least I noticed as a guy who sells games at a place that one might stop for games, <laughs> there wasn't a lot of uh, hype towards it. And then right around the same time Final Round came out, and I'm guessing a lot of videos got out around that same time of people playing the game, and the next thing I know, I do, I've just gotten a deluge of people wanting it. I That actually
2: is because, I think, yeah, it's two weeks prior to Final Round, and at Final Round they had the Capcom's experiment with their cross-assault reality show.
1: Oh boy, was, yeah, let's not get yeah, into that one.
2: Let's, let's not, because there's still bad blood about that. But it was that leading up to Final Round and the finals, so people actually got to see, you know the game in action and stuff with people, you know, who knew what they were doing and stuff. Not to knock the people who, you know, don't know what they're doing and got to demo the game, but so I think that I think that had a lot to do with it is that people were just like, oh, wow, you can do all this cool stuff. Uh, this game is fun.
1: Something tells me that uh, the reception for the upcoming Tekken Cross Street Fighter is not going to suffer or have quite as fortunate a fate.
2: Probably not, but, I mean, it doesn't sound like Harada's going to be doing anything spectac- spectacular with it.
1: I just think least, there's, it's just not a case where people are really chomping at the bit to play as Tekken characters. I mean, except for the bear.
2: Yeah. No. No. You. No. You're right. I. I don't think. I think Tekken is slowly, slowly but surely lo- losing its spot as the top fighting game in the world.
1: I never knew Tekken was the top fighting game in the world. It, ever. it
2: actually is. It actually is. It and a lot of it has to do with the Dark Ages, and you know. Namco being the only one still making fighting games, but yeah, they're actually the most popular fighting game in the world for the longest time, and it still is, but I think Street Fighter's finally starting to, you know, bring it down.
1: Wow that is a, a first I mean I would my main objection to 3d fighting games is just the damage is just way too high the punch 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 combo can oftentimes in a lot of these games do thirty percent health and I'm like, come on that's absurd
2: you you're not alone in that a lot of people I don't I play 3d fighting games and I don't even like that
1: mm. but to go back to what basil was saying he said he was playing a game that uh, everyone else had played years ago Um you know, his, his tales of for 3DS, Is I guess it was a port, because, you know, 3DS isn't that new a system, or old a system.
0: It, it, it is a port, um, okay. and the, the plus sides to it is, is that the loading is way better. So apparently, I, I, I've watched videos... people. There are load
1: times it. on the 3DS?
0: Um, depending on the game. I have a feeling for this one, it's much more because it was designed as a CD game. You still get the loading screens, because that's what was built into the game. But because it's on a cartridge, you see the loading screen the loading thing for, like, a couple of seconds and it loads. And usually you'll get it if it's, like, a transition to, like, a town or into a cutscene. Probably because they have to load the audio files and stuff. But even for stuff like, um, I hear the Vita, even, the Vita has load times. Just because it's trying to fill in all that information on the cartridge into the RAM.
1: I actually, myself, like, just prior to Mass Effect 3 coming out, I, too, was playing a game that everyone else had played years and years ago and this is um star wars knights of the old republic and this is um you know it's also a game made by bioware the same people who made mass effect it's basically their rough draft of mass effect even and it, it's a great game but i will admit that because everyone else had played it um it has what i think might be the most spoiled storyline development in like you know, the last 10 years, and because I knew what was going to happen, like, the impact of it was very diminished in that sense. Like, I still liked it, but I was just like, oh, okay, there it is, and I think that kind of ties into what we're going to talk about today, the main topic, as it were, um, Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Uh, Do you know what I'm getting at here?
0: A little bit, a little bit. Um, I actually, the Star Wars The Old Republic is the one Bioware series I've never played, I played all the older ones like Baldur's Gate, Icewind Dale, Planescape Torment.
1: Original played... KOTOR, it's literally like Baldur's Gate mechanics. It's literally Dungeons and Dragons, only with like a Star Wars skin on top of it.
0: That's what I very like. What happened was at the time, I didn't have a really a PC that could run it well, and I didn't own an Xbox.
1: Oh, and yeah, so... yeah. The PC version didn't come out for a little while afterwards, too.
0: And so I was I was sort of stuck in, be- in between like being able to play it. And by that time, I had a PC that could run it. It was kind of old news by that point. And I've heard about, you know, the various spoilers and stuff. Yeah, it's you impossible not, not to. It's like Bioshock, yeah. right? Well, I, I actually mean, managed so... to
1: play Bioshock without knowing. But, you know, it's one of those things where I guess once things enter into some degree of the public consciousness and people start talking about it, like the only thing people talk about is, you know, the surprise thing. And, um, you know, we'll try and split this conversation up into the non-spoiler and spoiler sections uh, so that w- at least we are not contributing to that factor
0: uh, yeah. today. And uh, so I think we will move straight into, we'll have a nice little musical interlude, and we will resume, talk about Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance.
3: This thing...
2: There's no conscience
3: hunger, the rider's going to come out, and when he does, he'll destroy whoever's got it coming.
0: So there's this movie that came out that apparently no one likes except us, so we're going to talk about it.
1: That's the way it's got to it? be.
0: Yeah. Isn't that right, Caleb? Yep. That is – I don't see how people don't like this movie.
2: It had everything you could possibly want except for boobs. It's true. There's plenty of other movies that you can
1: get the boobs for. Exactly. I think boobs in movies are slightly obsolete now that the internet exists. Yeah, yeah, you're
3: right. It's true. There's really no reason. Just go watch the movie, then come
2: back home, get on your computer. You got your boobs. You're set. So pretty much what you guys are saying is that this is
0: the most complete movie ever. I, I think so. All right, there we go. Um, I, I would disagree. I'd actually say I feel still that Drive Angry is, in fact, the most complete movie ever.
1: I think All Drive movie. Angry is, I mean, and that does certainly have boobs in it, but um, the real, like, exclamation point is that Drive Angry is rated R and, therefore, is almost certainly superior to the PG-13 movie. Which, which it's talking true. About. Yeah, he's
2: got
1: a point, yeah. it's true that PG-13 nowadays means a lot, uh, you know, you can get away with a lot more than uh, you used to be able to. But, you know, Drive Angry is, you know, you couldn't possibly... Like, if there comes a day when the content of Drive Angry is PG-13, I'd like to see it.
3: (laughs) Well, I mean, this would be more so the introductory film into the Drive Angry, because you you get a lot of people who maybe wouldn't be able to go to a theater and see it. Not that that really matters anymore, because I don't think either of them are really in theaters much. Well, at least Ghost Riders, I think, in one theater left in my local area.
1: Yeah, it's not in the theater anymore pretty much anywhere down here. But I I knew that, uh, you know, the unfortunate fate uh, of Nicolas Cage in 2012 is that uh, in the United States, he's kind of not really a box office draw anymore compared to 2007, you know, only five years ago when uh, he was a pretty big star. It's unfortunate because I don't think his work is, uh, you know, diminished in quality. I think the, the movies are still awesome. It's just no one else likes these movies except me.
0: And I wonder, because so, I remember when I, when I got done watching Ghost Rider, I had the realization that I felt that Nicolas Cage is the ultimate shown and an action hero in America. And the reason why I thought that was I realized that every single thing that a little kid might want to be in their life when they grow up, Nicolas Cage has probably portrayed that in some movie, some form or fashion. Whether you want to be an assassin, a globe-trotting guy finding treasure, a superhero... Adam West, he's he's done it.
1: An a alcoholic, weather, yeah. a vampire,
0: <laughs> a,
1: a struggling painter who coats himself in black paint, an Italian war vet who has a really convincing accent. No, I understand though. You got a, you got a point. baby
0: thief, a weatherman. <laughs> but yeah, I mean he's he said he's, weatherman. Oh, okay. Like you know, he's 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 seen he is in fact John the most Travolta, man of the world. Yeah, John. Yeah, he's been John Travolta.
3: Every kid's wanted to be John Travolta. Nick Cage got to live that.
0: Yeah, totally. And then Travolta got to live being Nick Cage. Yeah, that like was, looking that was... in a mirror, only
1: not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance is a... It wasn't clearly you know, stated to people that it was effectively a clean break from the previous film. I mean, technically, it's one of those things like how the Hulk um had the Incredible Hulk, and it wasn't really a sequel, but it could have been if you wanted it to. This was sort of the same way, but those movies traditionally don't seem to do very well. I don't know how they could get around that, really. It's been a couple of years since Ghost Rider, which made a lot of money. I mean, um, and I know when I see the reception of this movie, there are a lot of people saying that the first Ghost Rider movie is better than this one, and that is crazy.
3: Yeah, totally.
1: Like, I own that first Ghost Rider movie, but let's put this out there. Let's be clear. The original Ghost Rider movie is a weird prank on the audience and on everybody involved. And the prank is committed by two people, the director and writer, who is the same guy, Mark Steven Johnson, and Nicolas Cage. No one else was told that they were making a joke of a movie uh, except for these two. (laughs) And on that grounds, it does succeed uh, at being like a weird troll of a movie. But, um, no, Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance is just, to me, hands down, the superior film. And that is such a minority viewpoint that it kind of astonishes me.
0: Uh, I can say that I never had a chance to uh, watch the first Ghost Rider film, and I was able to go into this movie completely blind to the first one and watch it and have a great time and not need it.
1: Yeah, because uh, everything that you need to know about the character Ghost Rider is explained at the beginning of the movie. If you're a real continuity nerd, you'd say, hey, this actually contradicts some things that happens in the first one, but uh, that's fine in my book.
3: Yeah, overriding the first movie is perfectly fine, considering how this is a lot better, and I, I like how it tries to do the kind of weird, animatic way to do the flashbacks as well. This is a really good clean break, and I saw both of them opening weekend, and I almost forgot everything about the first one watching this one and just enjoyed the hell out of it
1: I will say that Nicolas Cage's performance in uh, the first movie is quite entertaining but there's sort of a I guess a duality here which is appropriate given the character the first movie it's much more entertaining to watch Nicolas Cage's Johnny Blaze because uh, he just sort of goes around acting like a jerk to everybody in a really weird way and uh, whereas for Spirit of Vengeance, the Nicolas Cage to watch is actually him as the Ghost Rider. Uh, is very, you know, different and much stranger and weirder than it was in the first movie. So I think both of them together are, are worth watching in their own aspects. But I would recommend Spirit of Vengeance without reservation, whereas with the original Ghost Rider, I have to qualify that reservation,
0: that recommendation. And I, I will say for a 3D, not a 3D movie, but a... PG-13 movie, the directors did do a really good job of stretching it as much as they, they could to give you the visceralness that you would normally get out of an R-rated movie. And I think has to do with the fact that they could use a lot of fire and brimstone in, in place of blood and gut.
3: A lot of the kills yeah. are those supernatural kind of turned to ash, and like you said, fire and brimstone. So that tends to be how they get away with it, but it's still a pretty think violent about it? film.
1: You think about it. Go back about 10 years. The Blade movies, most of the kills in that... They turned to ash, and that was rated R back in the day.
0: That's true. But, you know, and I thought he did a really good job of, you know, I really did feel that, you know, between Johnny Blaze and the Ghost Rider, there was a very, you know, big disconnect between the two and, you know, and the problems that Blaze had that he knew what was going to happen when he turned into Ghost Rider. Yeah. And then watching the Ghost Rider go nuts once he, you know, is Ghost Rider. Yeah, I, Uh,
1: I mean, we haven't actually explained, like, what the deal with Ghost Rider is. He's not really... Uh, that known of a superhero outside of dedicated comic book fans. Effectively, Ghost Rider was this character that was basically created to be uh, a pretty bitchin' drawing on the side of your van, airbrushed, of course. Uh, He's um, a skeleton with his head on fire, wearing a a leather jacket who rides a motorcycle, and uh, his job is basically that he's effectively... The spirit of vengeance or, you know, depending on the take on the character, you know, Satan's bounty hunter or Mephisto's bounty hunter or whatever you want to call him. He's a character that is basically invincible, which as people who know about Superman know, that can often be a problem when you write your superhero because what's going to pose a challenge to the character who basically can't really be killed or, you know, any of that stuff? He's also a guy whose powers are, you know, very almost limitless, you know, depending on how you write the guy. And so that is one of the things why traditionally Ghost Rider's been sort of a a B-level character. Um, But I think this movie is certainly written to address that stuff in mind. Like, I know a lot of people on the internet are like, oh, come on, there was no threat at all to Ghost Rider. But if you compare this movie to the previous Ghost Rider... You can see like there's definitely some better villains this time around, like if I had yeah. to give one criticism, I know you didn't see the first movie, Basil, but in the first Ghost Rider movie, the villains are total pushovers. they're all like these hot topic uh idiots, and Ghost Rider just takes them out without even breaking a sweat. This one, yeah, the villains was- I think are are much better at holding their own,
3: and not only that, the villains in this one. For a couple of exceptions, are actually humans and mortals, as opposed to they were all supposedly badass demons in the first Ghost Rider movie, and they still went out like wimps.
0: Well, and for me, the the the, the, the real the villain of the piece in many cases, at least for Blaze, was Ghost Rider. Like the uh, the what is like is it going to be okay? Was never my thoughts of whether or not you know Ghost Rider is going to be okay. It's that, is Blaze going to be okay being the host of the Spirit of Vengeance? And that's where I felt all the tension actually really was. I mean, the fight teams were good, and I do think they did have a really good job of holding their own and preventing challenges to Ghost Rider. But I really felt the real tensions, I felt, was actually from the human side and not so much the, the Vengeance side.
1: Sort of like the Hulk then, would you say?
0: Yeah, kind of, yeah. But I thought this one did it better. Like I, re- I really felt like, you know, Blaze really didn't like the fact that he was Ghost Rider... And he was really scared of what might happen if he let Ghost Rider free.
1: I think a but big the, difference um, between the Hulk and the Ghost Rider, I'm talking only about the movies at this point, is like in the Hulk, you know, when you know Bruce Banner turns into the Hulk, it's still some facet of Bruce Banner's personality in there. And, and that was similar to how the, the first Ghost Rider was as well. But this one, you really get the feeling that they're two completely opposed things that you know johnny blaze is effectively possessed by this thing that he does wants no part of and then when he changes the way that they convey this on film that they're two totally different um beings is uh, largely a physical performance issue uh, and i really think that Nicolas cage deserves some accolade for his physicality that he puts into the ghost rider and how he moves and looks and behaves compared to how he does when he's Johnny blaze. I thought it was genuinely creepy.
0: Yeah, I I, I agree. The way that he twitches and so, especially it really feels like he is a, he is a container that like, like a Molotov cocktail that's been ignited and he's still just trying to hold everything in. Yeah. And he's constantly just trying to do his best just to keep everything bottled up where it's trying to, you know, push him at the, the literal seams of his being. And, he, and the physicality that he has, the manicness he has, just like, guys, look, I'm doing the best I can. What, what are you doing? I, I'm trying to save everybody by not letting this thing out. It was really good. Like, I, I really enjoyed watching it play out on screen.
1: Now, did you read the web chat with Nicolas Cage for Empire Online where he talked about what he did to get into the Ghost Rider persona? No not at all. Oh my god, this is the most incredible interview I have ever read. Like it's <laughs> from an actor like because, you know, a lot of it, it it the idea is like he logs on and the the readers su- suggest questions and a lot of them are like real basic like, "Hey Nick, you know, I'm going to dress up like you from a movie, which person should I dress up as?" and he'll just write back, "Ghostcaster Troy or something like that." There's some simple questions like that, but then some people said What were the biggest challenges to perform, both being Johnny Blaze and being Ghost Rider? And the answer that he gave was not something that any human being could have possibly expected. He basically talked about how he read a book that says that actors basically stem from the the medicine men or the shamans of the villages from pre-Christian times, and so... And, and the shamans who would go into trances and stuff um, would wear masks or have, you know, magical objects in, on their person that they believed had power. And so he said, you know what? I can do that, too. And so on set, he would paint his face with black and white makeup to look like Baron Somedy. The spirit of death. And, uh, and so he would put black contact lenses in his eyes so you couldn't see any, like, the white of his eyes. It would just be a skull and the teeth. And he would sew in into his jacket these ancient thousands of years old Egyptian relics that I guess Nicolas Cage just has because he's weird. And he would gather <laughs> bits of tourmaline and onyx and would stuff the rocks into his pockets to gather the energies together from the rocks and shock his imagination into believing that he was augmented and in contact with the ancient ghosts and he just and he didn't tell anyone that he was going to do this so he just walk on set looking like that loaded up to the magical trinkets and stuff not saying a word to anybody on set and um i'm told that you know on the blu-ray should it come out and they decide to put the extras on it because this movie tanked um there is the footage of him doing all the ghost rider acting in this getup, like, the parts that they CG over, in reality, he looks about as scary because he's got the crazy face paint on, and a lot of his role is to grab people and scream at their face.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I knew that he, had, he takes a shamanic tack to his acting, but I didn't realize he took it to that level.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, he keeps going on, too. Like, he said, you know... Someone else asked, like, is it true that you camped in a haunted forest when making the movie? It's like, that's really cool. And, you know, if it were anybody else, it's like they would just say, like, oh, well, you know, that's not really that true. Not Nicolas Cage. His answer was, I went to the Bermuda Triangle of Forests, known as the the Hoya Basu Forest. And I went to the drive and saw a man just walking amongst the trees. I asked him, is the forest haunted? And he didn't answer for about a minute. And he said, yes. And I said, well, by what? And this old man said, have you seen the floating people with no legs? And Nick Cage is like, not yet, but I hope to real soon. And then, he, <laughs> and then he took a fallen branch and then took it back home and chipped away at it and turned it into a staff. And so now he has the powers of the haunted forest in him that he challenged. And then he said there was one time where he just had a hard time getting out of Ghost Rider mode and he had to go to a Christmas party. <laughs> dressed and he, he just he kept all this stuff on at the christmas party and you know he is glad that he didn't get thrown in jail because he was just acting like a lunatic how could you not after you go through all that but yeah the whole interview is completely fascinating and it's, it's what you want nicholas cage to be he can't be a normal guy you yeah. know otherwise you wouldn't buy into him having the crazy nicholas cage <laughs> freak out moments that typify the crazy over the top nicholas caged him of which this movie delivers quite well. Oh, oh yeah. So yeah, like, as far as the plot of this movie, um, I'll sum it up in two words: Terminator Two. But you guys <laughs> can go ahead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was thinking Blue Exorcist, but okay, yeah, that, that's true too.
3: Well, the the blue shows up at the end. That's I guess it may be partially spoiler, but not
0: really. That, yeah, that's that's that sums it up pretty well. I mean, yeah, you know, no. there, there there's a kid. He's he he could be.
1: He's the key to the future, as it were. Yeah. they got to protect the the kid and his mom. And the kid becomes best friend with a monster.
3: Yeah, no, yeah, Yeah. Terminator 2. Yeah, totally. A little less time travel, but that still works.
1: I think um, the one thing that I did know about this movie going into it, uh, I didn't see the trailer. It was one of those things where I just saw a poster that said Ghost Rider 2, Nicolas Cage, and the date. I'm like, sold. Okay, don't need anything else. But I did know that it was made... Uh, directed, at least, by um, Dean Taylor, the two people responsible for Crank, Crank 2 High Voltage, and Gamer. They were allowed to direct another movie. And that, to me, was like, oh boy, uh, I'm, I'm totally there for it. I mean, they didn't write the movie, so it was a little bit more restrained. Also, the fact it's a PG-13 movie. Certainly, nothing can surpass Crank 2 as far as, you know pushing the envelope. I mean, maybe drive angry. <laughs> so those kind of occupy like this spectrum of, you know, greatness. But how do you think it compares to, to those, their other movies? And are you a fan of the, obviously, you know, this being the awesome cast, you guys are fans.
0: Well, yes, I, I've seen all three of those movies and I enjoyed every single one of them. I thought they did as much as they could with the resources they were given. Like uh, one of the first things when I saw, I saw it with Caleb. And I, one of the first things I said when we left the theater was like, man, I really wish those they, those guys could get Nicolas Cage for an actual R-rated movie that they did themselves. Because I'm, ho- I I'm like...
1: hoping that that movie, if it gets made, is Crank 3D. Jason Statham versus Nicolas Cage in <laughs> 3D rated R. That <laughs> That's the title.
0: <laughs> that that would be the perfect movie. That would be the perfect movie. You know, uh, uh, least, that, that would be a great side. movie.
3: It, it turns out Jason Statham's heart is now put into... Nicolas Cage eats the heart, and that explains No, No, everything. no, no. <laughs>
1: Listen. We saw how Crank 2 ended. What Crank 3 has to be about is that Jason Statham has to be on fire the entire time <laughs> to stay alive. And Nicolas Cage, being the Ghost Rider, is also on fire. <laughs> Crank 3, turns Ghost out. Rider 3, it could be the same movie.
3: It turns out <laughs> that Jason Statham's character is actually Danny Ketch, so he is the second Ghost Rider.
1: They can all be Ghost Riders together. Oh, yeah, there
0: you go. Yeah yeah I like that I, I I think we've solved hollywood i'd
1: I'd like to think so. I mean they keep saying that that's uh you know it's likely that a crank three will be made in two thousand and thirteen, but no guarantees because you know Neveldine taylor i I don't know if they're going to get money to do other movies anymore. Supposedly, they just want one of them to do a Twisted Metal movie. I would watch a Twisted Metal movie.
0: I would, yeah. Yes. I would as well. Like, and, this, and this movie really proved to me they could do it. Like, the way they, they, they do stuff with the cars and the vehicles in this film. Oh, yeah. I mean, they pretty much already have the Grim Reaper. Like, they, they, they would they. Well, yeah, know,
1: Mr. Grim uh, originally was literally just a rip-off of Ghost Rider, and then I guess yeah. later games, they changed the design.
0: Like, you know, they, they really... You know, the, the one scene where um the Ghost Rider, who can possess machine that he's writing, right? Oh, yeah,
1: we're not getting into that yet, though, right?
0: Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. But the spoilers, we'll explain, exact, they're perfect for Twisted Metal. Yes, they are perfect. What do you think, in
1: general, I mean, this movie was made for a lot less money than the first Ghost Rider. What do you think about the special effects? I mean, I've been reading a lot of people talk about how they don't like the CG effects and, um, you know, that sort of thing. What did you guys think? Did you see it in the 3D or the 2D? I mean, it's. Uh, I saw it in the 2D because it's not shot in 3D, but how about you guys?
3: I saw it it in 2D, and I thought the special effects were fine. I didn't have any problems with them.
1: It's just pretty much
3: everything with fire. What else do you have to do?
1: Well, you know, fire and CG uh, typically don't go well together, so doing convincing fire is not easy. But I I thought everything looked good. I mean, I know... like I'm not, like, super picky about the convincing cg but you know there's bad cg out there and i don't think this is that kind of movie and everywhere i go everyone's talking about how bad the effects in this movie are and i don't know what they're talking about in fact a lot of this movie the effects are practical um yeah
0: like, I, I really enjoy all the effects like i, I am a guy who is picky about a cg and I, I and i was fine with all of it yeah i I really am, too. Like, I, I hate it when
2: you've got a CG movie and, you know, something doesn't... You know, you can tell that it's a computer, but I really thought that, you know, Nicolas Cage really became the Ghost Rider, even during that weird, goofy scene down the tunnel where he's like, you know... Oh,
1: there was no effects yeah. on that one. That was just Nick Cage, you know, 100%.
2: Yeah, yeah, but even, like, when his, you know, his, he would scream... and no, his That's eyes a joke. Would, like, that's... ...become the skull. Yeah, no, I know. Um, But, you know, it, it looks it realistic, I mean, because, you know, he really is the Ghost Rider, obviously. Yeah, but, it has
1: to be. Yeah. But, yeah, I think maybe... Um, like, I didn't do the 3D one, and maybe some people who saw that one uh, didn't like the effects, because I'll bet money that the 3D probably didn't add too much to it, but just yesterday I met two people who saw the movie in the 3D and loved it. I mean, I wouldn't uh. have seen it like that just because, you know, I don't like to support the, you know, cheap conversion after the fact kind of stuff. Yeah. But, no, I think that they did a couple things really well as far as the effects goes. Um, the bike... Um, a lot of people don't seem to like the bike because, you know, Ghost Rider originally rides Chopper. And in this one, he's riding basically a street bike. And um, I understand why they did that. I mean, they said so in an interview even. The thing about a Chopper is that you can't really do much tricky um, stunt work and riding on a you know giant Harley Davidson kind of bike. You can kind of just drive in a straight line. And anything fancier than that, you got to do it by a computer. In this one, you know... He can do all the wheelies and, you know, weird little stunts like that, and it's, it's actually happening on the screen, you know? I, I like it.
2: Well, as far as the bike goes, I actually, because, I mean, in the original comic, I mean, I'm not a, a ghostwriter, but I know a little bit about it in the original comics. I mean, it was a, you know, it was more of a street bike, and the chopper thing, I think, was a little more, re- you know, the whole, like, you know, the whole biker-ish look that he has now is more of a, is a more recent thing. Than it. So I, I actually personally like the street bike a little more. Because, I like it more. I
1: mean, I yeah. the first Ghost Rider movie, I actually thought the bike looked a little too cartoony.
2: That and – I mean, in the first one, I only really remember the wheels becoming flames and, you know, the bike not really transforming. And this one it looked like the bike actually, you know, became this demonic ride for the Ghost Rider, and I, I really
0: – I thought that was really cool. I thought the bike looked awesome and that's all I needed.
3: I got to agree. The bike was really good. I, and even when he wasn't – when it wasn't a Ghost Rider bike with his own bike, I mean, the, it still looked pretty decent. It was nice that we could see him doing his stunt work to call back onto – that's what he used to do back in the old days, uh, what Johnny
1: uh, – With the Johnny character plays Johnny did. plays yeah. that used to be a stuntman.
3: Well, in a cage, you do that too.
1: Absolutely. in sure, <laughs> yeah. Johnny Blit. I think yes, the best we've improvement – <laughs> oh, yeah, we know – but yeah, that's one part of it that I thought they did a really good job on. But I think the biggest visual improvement over the first movie is purely the design of the Ghost Rider himself. There are two really notable changes that I thought they did a really good job on in this movie. First and foremost, just the the skull, you know, the Ghost Rider is, you know, typified by being a flaming skull, right? In the first movie, the skull was like this totally Clean white anatomical skull, and it looked really weird. I don't know. I guess no one else saw that movie, but no, I agree. Okay. No, yeah, no. Um, but yeah, in this one they like really like distorted and stylized and made it like a twisted sort of like demonic kind of skull, and it's charred, gray and black. And you know, that makes more sense to me. In addition, the clothes that he's wearing, like uh, in the first Ghost Rider movie, it was very comic book faithful. Like it was the the very pristine leather with the metal studs sticking out of it all over the place, and um, it didn't look bad, but I I like this look better, because basically, the clothes he's wearing, it's like a leather, all leather, like, motorcycle riding outfit, but it's melted onto him, basically, it's all burned and charred, and, like, you know, looks like it's stuck onto him, basically, I, I like the look better, it just looks a lot more horrific.
0: It, it looks like if someone was a person who was, you know, living being a fire, this is what his clothes would look like when he
2: wore it. I was actually about to say, like, in the first one, I, I agree, I, I, I like the outfit, but, you know, for him just now becoming the Ghost Rider, I was like, yeah, that's what it looked like. But this one, I really think it, you know, it shows that he's been dealing with this for a long time, and it's, you know, this is just, the re- it's kind of a representation of, you know, I'm dealing with this curse and you know, I, that, I think that might be looking, looking a little too deep into it, but I think the clothes are kind of a representation of him dealing with the curse, and, and you know it's melted because you know he's kind of. Advent- I mean, to me, he seems like he kind of lost hope because he's like, I'm I'm stuck with this forever.
1: I don't think uh, I, that's that far of a stretch because I mean I think the whole um, purpose of the first movie is sort of ends on a slightly hopeful note where him saying it's like, yeah, I'm gonna use this curse for good. He's got kind of like a hope, and and in this one all that hope is gone. He's like, yeah, I used to think that I would be able to control this and use the curse to my, like, uh, benefit and all that, it's like, no, that's all BS, man, you know, so I think that that change, that transition, uh, there there is some validity uh, to what you're talking about. I, I wouldn't write it off.
3: That is a good way to think about it. When I first saw the, the suit, uh, and I, I do think the the actual skull design, it looks a lot better and more detailed and and with that aspect, but I thought the suit was kind of plain looking at first because I... I liked the original suit in the first one, particularly with the spikes and all that coming out. But the more we talk about how it's kind of melted on and kind of a reflection of how the character of Johnny Blaze has gone down a darker path since it seems like he's lost all hope and he can't
2: control it. I think it works a lot better for this movie. <laughs> one of the things I actually wanted to touch on, and this, this – this, I, I did kind of like the first one. I mean I don't think it was a Yeah, I don't movie. dislike it.
1: I mean I yeah. own it even.
2: But – the thing that just bugged me, like every time I watch it, it just always bugs me, is when he's fighting the people. Is the chain? It always looks so cheesy and corny to me, is how they move the chain and everything. And in this one, I thought that it was really like they were, you know, it was almost like they were actually doing what, with the chain. You know, he was manipulating the chain in a way that it, you know, it looked like a chain moving and not just hey, let me draw this chain doing this, and it looks stupid. Like that was the big thing for me, is that the chain, the chain really looked good in this movie. Yeah, I mean,
1: I'll cut him some slack on that because I remember. Like, I had a friend who was into visual art, or, you know, they work in visual art for a living, you know, they're an artist for, um, I guess, Relic or something like that at this point, but um, they were excited because when that original movie was coming out, they had read some big thing about all the new technology they had to invent just to render the chain in that movie. Like, um, you know, there was some new renderer and stuff they had to do for that, and so, yeah, I mean, it does look a little too ropish, I think, in the first one. Um, you know, the way he uses the chain, almost like a lasso uh, or a, a whip, even as opposed, it doesn't feel like it has the the weight behind it that it does in Spirit of Vengeance. But I, I think maybe that might just be five additional years of computing power <laughs> behind yeah. it, for all I know. But yeah, I mean, uh, you're definitely right. I, I did notice that too.
0: I think we pretty well described everything I think we can about how much we like the we like the movie without
1: at least going into the the detailed spoiler
0: territory. Yes. So uh, we're gonna take another break and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna we're gonna spoil the shit out of this movie.
1: Woo! It already happened, uh, you know, in terms of the advertising, but we'll start off on that note, I guess.
0: Once again, warning, spoiler alert, Doritos Taco Bell tacos are amazing. Like, by Drupal <laughs> plus S tier. Wait, what,
1: what particular Doritos? I, I just want to make sure I understand.
0: Just standard. Um, they. I don't know if you've seen this, but Taco Bell now sells tacos where the taco shells are Doritos. It's the standard uh, cheesy nacho Dorito. Yeah. Like, but as the actual shell. And they are, in fact, amazing. I'm waiting for Cooler Ranch. That's his fall.
1: The odds that Wait. human flesh will be a delicacy are very low. But the <laughs> odds that if human flesh were a delicacy, it, that a Cooler Ranch flavor variation would be available are very high.
2: Well. Hold, hold on. They're going to do different flavored Dorito
0: shells? Yes, you what understand, yes. Taco Bell, just take all my money. <laughs> so we tried them today uh, before the recording, and we were like, holy crap, this was a great idea. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Anyways, the actual topic is Ghost Rider. Which Spirit is also, of Vengeance. Spirit of Vengeance, which is also nacho flavored. And sponsored by Dorito Tacos. If only. If only. And I'll, I'll, I'll say it straight up. The, the, when I said that I realized that Nicolas Cage was the ultimate shonen hero and every little boy's dream to be... Well, when the kid asks Ghost Rider what happens when he pees (laughs)
1: <laughs> I that. thought that was tremendous. And I just want to put this like out there. They gave that joke away in the trailer the and day, first day, 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 day. the first trailer, it was all the the trailer. Here's the setting. thing. And I think this is a big co- contributor as to why people are saying this movie is not just bad, but like the most famous review of this movie. There is the headline is ghost rider. Spirit of vengeance is the worst Marvel movie ever made. And in- that includes Corman's fantastic Four. that's the, um, I guess the guy who used to be Moriarty on Ain't It Cool, he writes for Hit Fix, and everyone saw that review, and everyone was like, yeah, oh, wow, I'm not going to watch this movie now. And the reason is because every single great scene that you can think of from this movie is given away months in advance by the trailer, and maybe that doesn't affect, you know as many people as me but uh that can ruin the movie for people i know it would have for me i avoided those trailers but like that scene was in the first trailer the final shot of the movie is in the trailer you know the scenes of him um every time where it's revealed that he can possess the vehicles that he's on every time that happens all of them are in the trailer him defeating all the villains and how he does it is in the trailer and so it's like you know that builds up expectations among people when you see stuff like that when you see a trailer it's like oh okay they're, they're, this is just the tip of the iceberg but that's not how trailers are anymore it's now here's the whole movie in two minutes and now you don't need to see the movie anymore and uh, I, I don't I think that really hurt this movie it really um, your expectations are already set at that when you see the trailer and then you go see the movie and it's like oh that's it that's what people thought you know but I, I piss yep. uh, and fire that's a that's a pretty good uh, joke to give away
0: it is because you can't like, and, and he just goes uh, yeah that's what happens and they, and they show it I'm like oh my gosh this is the most beautiful Beautiful bit of a man being I have ever seen. I feel now I'm a more complete human being because I saw it in the correct context. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I think I missed a good like maybe three or four
2: minutes after after that scene because I was laughing so hard because it was that beautiful of a scene.
0: Like and
1: they and they brought it back. They used it twice. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And, and, and just that that yeah. that that, 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 that like ghost e- evil grin like as he's like shaking his head going yeah yeah that was yeah realizing that that was totally you know casual, and yeah this is awesome yeah this don't is act- wish...
3: this is actually how I go to the bathroom
0: yeah don't you wish your piss was hot like me I mean that that's what you know that made my night that seed made my night.
1: I mean, this movie, you could basically take any snippet from the action scenes and get a noteworthy animated gif out of it that would loop pretty well. Like the spinning horizontal compass, evil detecto vision or whatever it is, where he just suddenly gets hit and then he's like hovering perpendicular to the ground. That was just completely like out of nowhere and an inspired bit of cinematography. That's like 100% the guys who made Crank. Um, There's actually only one or two parts where it kind of goes full-on crank cinematography i know some people wish the whole movie were like that but believe it or not i think their decision to, to use that kind of camera work is actually dependent on the mental state of the subject so yeah when johnny blaze is trying to turn into ghost rider and uh you know screaming down the highway having the interrogation with the guy in the club um yeah that's when the camera work uh, starts going wild and crazy because it's uh, all disconnected and schizo. But yeah, the rest of the time is mostly pretty normal. Like, uh, I think I knew that I was like totally sold in this movie uh, once Idris Elba went flying off of the uh, cliff shooting his gun.
0: Yeah, and I really did like the camera. But, also like, in when, the
1: trailer, by the way.
0: Of, of course, yeah. But, you know, I thought they did really a really good job of, like, you know, of, of switching to the, you know, crank style of, you know, of film. Like, when he was really, it was really when it was Ghost Rider and was showing in it. Because they, 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 they held it back to when it was really messed up, they gave it more punch. Like, it really added to Nicolas Cage's performance, because you didn't have his performance as well as the cameras going crazy. It really gave you the idea that, oh, gosh, He's he's crazy. Oh he, gosh, this nuts. is how Nicolas Cage sees the world. <laughs> yes,
1: Cageo vision. vision. I think that's what I called Drive Angry. The three D of that was Cageo vision. I didn't I think get so. to see
3: Drive Angry in three D. I only saw it
0: on a DVD, but I really <laughs> wish I saw it in three D.
1: It was totally worth it. Don't listen to the people who say it wasn't worth it.
0: I know we said this in our Drive Angry three D review. Also on the awesome cast, star myself and, and Daryl Surratt. But um, it's the it's one of the few 3D movies I watched, enjoyed, and did not come away with a headache. It, it is by far the best 3D movie I've ever seen. Um, so
1: I, I'm, apparently, I looked it up online, apparently the weird floating, spinning in a circle bit happened due to the Nine Inch Nails music video for Closer, um, which in turn was inspired by Mary Poppins. So you've got <laughs> right. the Mary Poppins to Nicolas Cage transitive property going on in this movie.
3: Well, I could totally see the influence of Mary Poppins in this movie. You know, uh, he he seems like he's a a chimney smith dancing on a rooftop. Probably getting
1: the the chimneys dirty from all the ashes of all the people that he killed. Yes.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. The medicine in this case was Ghost Rider and the sugar was Nicolas Cage. I actually thought the medicine
1: was all the painkillers that he stole from that hospital because
0: he freaked (laughs)
1: out and was like berating the nurse. They, They apparently Cut some weird improv from the movie of him like jokingly or maybe not so jokingly threatening to break that lady's arm. Oh
0: really? <laughs> Man, this be oh, total ad lib best... from the script. But this this could have the best extras of any movie if, if they just give them to us. Like I might if once if if all these extras come out, we might have to have a separate awesome cast just for the extras Probably. of this film. I mean, or at least it'd be worth it. I don't know if we'd do one, but it'd be worth it.
3: If we can get the cage cut of the film with all the extra stuff that was cut out.
1: I just want to see the footage of the film of him tormenting, you know, the, the people trying to kill him without the CG of him dressed up in his Baron Somedy face paint. <laughs> <laughs> Walking like a ghost in the ring and, you know,
3: I twitching found the, his head uh, like a bird. I just okay. found that interview. It is pretty ridiculous.
1: <laughs> Oh yeah, Empire Online, man. You know, every like his responses are incredibly good in ways that you wouldn't think would happen. But yeah, I mean, um the highlights of this movie are obviously um the scene where he takes control of the crane. That to me kind of sums up what I want this film to be. Um and also the, the chase at the end. Um, that whole end sequence, actually, you know, those two, um, you know, he takes over the, the truck and, you know, he can basically, in this movie, anything he rides basically becomes the Ghost Rider's hell ride. Um, so the, the crane suddenly becomes on fire and has like, you know, all these demented tools. And the fact that that was all given away in the trailer makes me really mad. Um, but I think the biggest surprise for me was the surprise appearance of the Highlander. Did anyone know yeah. that the Highlander was in this movie I had ahead no of time? not. No, I didn't. He was in the trailer. Had I seen the trailer I would have known, but yeah, suddenly that cloak reveals and you know Lord Raiden himself stands in this film.
3: I think it was uh, because he had all the, the, the face Makeup up all, with all the, the writing on his face, and maybe I just didn't pay enough attention to the trailers, but I didn't know it until he showed up on the screen.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, he only I don't one.
3: Really, as soon as he did it, and then he put the kid down, the sword, I, I was just kept hoping he would say there could be only one.
1: Yeah, only one Satan. Yeah, I don't think uh, he would be so self-referential, Christopher Lambert. <laughs> no. Um, but I really like... Um, the, like, fight scene that they do, the main villain, I guess, for Ghost Rider in this, besides the devil, um, I guess the equivalent of them would be Blackouts from the comics? I don't know
0: too much
1: about Ghost Rider. It is Blackout. They never never specifically say, oh, you're Blackout now, or whatever, because, you know, he was a guy before that, right?
0: Oh, yeah, the guy who constantly Yeah, his
1: power is basically, you know, he makes anything organic decay, which leads to, like, a great moment where (laughs) the <laughs> the only thing you can eat is Twinkies.
0: <laughs> yeah, because there's nothing in them. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was good. That, that was a good moment. I forgot about that moment till you mentioned that. Yeah, it was a good moment. This is such a fun movie.
1: Yeah, it really is. I mean, um, you know, Idris Elba had a really great part. He he's always great, but I mean, uh, just being like the drunken, you know, believer in
0: God. <laughs> Yeah, the the damn Frenchman. Yeah,
1: and and him and Cage got some really good interplay
2: going on. Like they had some good quips. Yeah, the my favorite was uh, definitely right before they were about to go into the castle, and he's you know Idris hands him the you know the wine or whatever, and he's like, oh, this is good. Go great on a salad. Just serious moment. Just, I don't know. That those, those are always my favorite parts of Nicolas Cage's movies is his sarcasm in the movie or whatever you would say.
3: Well, I really like the fact that Ilas uh, Alba's gets to actually do stuff as opposed to um the guy who was in the the first ghost rider movie who was the original ghost rider and then he just rode along with Sam Elliott yeah, that, that was Sam Elliott yes uh, that Sam was Sam Elliott in the movie he, he got to ride alongside on his ghost rider horse and then when they got to the final fight he just left yeah, yeah and and they put
1: that shot in the trailer of the original one they put it on the back of the blu ray cover of him and the horse and then Sam Elliott does nothing like the only way I could mentally accept it was okay. It's a prank between Nicolas Cage and the director, and no one else is in on the prank. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd just be upset that they would do this. I mean, uh, at least Mark Steven Johnson on the commentary for that is like, man, everybody was really super pissed off at me because I I gave him this and then nothing happened. You know, I spent the whole movie building up Sam Elliott <laughs> for him to do nothing. But um, but yeah, I mean, in this movie, Spirit of Vengeance, you know, all the villains are, are much better. The guy they got to be. The Devil, uh and Hands. I mean, I guess in the first movie it was Peter Fonda because they wanted the Easy Rider reference or something. But I thought this guy was pretty awesome as, you know, a really shady sort of Satan-like dude. You know, he looked like a scary, like, cat. I guess he's in that John Carter movie now, which nobody saw. What would you think of that guy? I
3: thought he did a good job. That kind of slimy older businessman and that's what he is because he's just going around making deals and signing contracts and he he really is trying to steal your soul it, it worked for what that character needed to be
0: yeah I, I I agree I thought he was a I thought he was a good Satan especially for the kind of Satan that he wanted to be and it made sense that he would want a younger body to to hose because it was obviously it was it was getting worn out and I thought they did really a really job of showing it getting more and more worn out as time was going on yeah I also,
2: I don't know if this was purposely or not, I imagined it was, is I do like how they kind of explain that the devil body hops To kind of, I guess, maybe explain that this is why we have a different actor for the devil. Yeah,
1: Yeah. and why Jerry Springer exists.
2: Yes, (laughs) that was... Oh my god, that was beautiful.
1: Yeah, all those little animatic moments are actually really great. I thought, like, you know, uh, the big thing that also, like, um, turned the internet against this movie is... I guess there's a line to, like, sell the fact that Ghost Rider's really not a good guy in this movie. Like, in the first movie, Ghost Rider's, like, stopping muggings and all that sort of thing. But in this what they're trying to say is that Ghost Rider punishes the guilty and Ghost Rider doesn't distinguish like, you know, who's truly like guilty, like severity wise. And so he's like, you ever download a movie? (laughs) And I'm like, I'm just thinking, yes, the spirit of vengeance is that concerned about intellectual property rights that he's like, oh, how dare you torrent another person's work punishment?
2: Well, I also think it did a good because in the first movie, I didn't feel like because I mean, that's what the spirit of vengeance is. I mean, he's not you know, punishing these people, be, you know, I mean, he's punishing these people because they do bad, but I mean, he's, he's sending them to like, you know, hell to be tortured for, I mean, so he's kind of a, I mean, he's a good guy because he stops bad people, but he's still a bad person because he, you know, damns them forever.
1: I think it's more just the idea of like the evil that you'd think a character like the spirit of vengeance would be, would be more like the, the kind of like high, almost biblical kind of crime, like, you know, you murdered somebody or, you know, yeah. it's some sort of like absolute evil. And- um
0: but this is the movie industry, so therefore torrenting a movie...
1: Torrenting a movie th- as bad as murder. Yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs> I-, I can believe it. So uh, I think that that might even be the crack on the movie industry themselves by just saying that.
1: But yeah, there's actually one interesting part that I didn't expect there to be in the movie. was like the backstory of the actual Ghost Rider, the
0: Spirit of Vengeance, you
2: know. Oh, yeah, that was really cool.
1: I, I liked that whole bit. Like, it's a bit from mythology that I guess from the comics, but the line... It might actually be the best line in the movie, like where he's talking about that he was an angel that went crazy um, and and all that whole stuff. I, I thought that you know Nick Cage really sold that. He was he's really good at narration in general in movies. Like if you ever saw adaptation. I think that's really good narration too. I'm maybe not so keen on the the film on repeat viewings, but, but yeah, I mean um there's some absurd lines that he's got to deliver and I think he does it with enough gravity, you know, every line of Nicolas Cage dialogue is either mumbled or screamed as the SNL sketch goes.
2: <laughs> and actually about that little uh blurb about the backstory of the spirit of vengeance is he was talking earlier about the art style in those little blurbs or whatever is for me at the end when it showed, you know, cuz it kind of shows the angel in the like oh I guess an electric chair or whatever being tortured and it shows them like, you know, with that skull. It's like the the demon angel with the, you know, bone wings and stuff. I thought that I don't know about anyone else, but that creeped me the hell out. I thought that art style was really well done, but it was also very they did a very good job at saying that, you know, the, you know, the Ghost Rider. this is what he looks like and he's he's not a friendly dude.
1: You know, I hear a lot of people saying all those animatic scenes suck because it's like, oh, they ran out of money. I thought they were great.
0: Yeah, I yeah liked uh, them.
3: they added a, a good bit to the film. It, 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 and it, it may have saved some time in terms of actual filming, but I don't think it would have been that much cheaper. And altogether, it does add a stylistic quality that the first one didn't have. It's a neat way to revisit territory and tell exposition that otherwise would just be boring
1: yeah plus it sort of subtly reinforces that yeah it's a comic book movie i mean um the other great nicholas cage uh, comic book extravaganza you know of recent years kick ass you know there's comic book animatics in that too fortunately they're nothing like the original comic book which is terrible but you know it's good to at least have the little reminder I thought what was interesting from the very start of this movie, you knew it was going to be a little different. Because they used that Marvel Knights logo instead of the regular Marvel one. And the only time I'd ever seen that before was for Punisher Warzone, which is a triumph of a movie that everybody hates as well. (laughs) Um, Apparently, there was a Swamp Thing movie with it that I never saw. But typically, Marvel Knights, to me, is, you know, these overlooked heroes getting their own movie. But I guess to the general public, it's like, oh, these are the shitty Marvel movies, which are, all right, whatever. I love Punisher Warzone.
3: (laughs) Well, I mean, the, the problem... Uh, the Marvel Knights is supposed to be the line that is the more hardcore mature, mature. yeah. Yeah, so that's the kind of line that you do the R-rated movies for.
1: Maybe mature is a little, you know, too strong a word considering we're talking about superheroes, so we'll just say more dark.
0: There you go. Although I like... I, I did like how much, you know, how Ghost Rider was a... much more of a blind spirit of vengeance where, like, you do bad. He's not differentiated. It's a darker thing. I found that that made it much more interesting than just a oh, you turn to a ghost writer, now you beat up people because you can do that. Like, I felt it gave it, it gave it a lot more punch. Yeah, I've said that before, but I really think the whole thing where it's something like, you know, Johnny Blaze is a good person, not because he turns into the ghost writer, because he doesn't turn into the ghost writer. Yeah. You know, I thought that, that there's just that duality to it that, that really makes this movie. And when he does turn into the ghost writer, it actually makes that much more impactful because, you know, he did everything he could to not do it, but in the end, he just couldn't contain it. And that just really, you know, really adds to the fact that when he does all these crazy things, you're like, well, he tried. I mean, he did what he could, but sometimes the Ghost Rider just has got to feast.
1: <laughs> and yeah, he definitely kills a lot of people uh, in this movie uh, with that chain and just by, you know, hitting them and stuff like that. I mean, some of the best shots of him doing so are, of course, in the trailer, like, you know, the scene at the end in the church where he is surrounded by people and just, you know, murders them all. Um, I thought that was, you know, pretty impressive stuff. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I was surprised, like, how, like, ruthless the Ghost Rider is in this movie. And yeah, then, All those um, uh,
3: all those supposed world leaders that he killed that, that people are going to have to explain to happen to him. Yeah. I, I want to see what happens after the movie now
1: terrorists man it was them terrorists eastern european terrorists like how they used to be in the 80s when they were but yeah working. this whole movie was filmed in eastern europe just to cut costs and i think they just literally filmed wherever they could get you know they don't really even bother to specify too much about the location just eastern europe whatever
0: Let's yeah they even this.
3: had the uh, in the credits they had like thank you turkey and romania with their logos to promote that it, it was I think a large part of the the film is just a chance to go on a trip. That would be my favorite part about just it's like I want to film somewhere nice and exotic or you know Eastern Europe.
0: Well, I mean, I I, I really do think that for example, season of the witch was Ron Perlman, Nicolas Cage wanting to play a D and D game, and most people would you know get a GM, they got a movie director. Yeah, there we go. And you know this could have been, just been like Nicolas Cage, like you know what? I want a road trip, and I already did the car thing, I just did drive angry. So let's go to Europe let's go to Eastern European, I'm gonna ride a motorcycle and, you know, conquer my inner spirit of vengeance. Makes sense to me. And the piss on the side of the road. And yeah, well, I mean well the kid asked, What happens? And he just told him for a fact that, that's what happened. He, I mean, he asked the question, and as we now know, Nicolas Cage always answers honestly. Yes. The cage cannot tell a lie. And sometimes the truth is stranger than fiction. And that's Ghost Rider. <laughs> yeah, I mean
1: uh it's uh definitely like this tremendously underrated movie. It didn't make any money. Uh, all the super nerds hate the movie. I mean, you know, I'm looking at headlines. It's like the sneak peeks at the nerd sites and stuff like that are like so awful you'll piss fire. And you know, uh, the original. places like that are like, you know, saying it sucks. It you know makes us want to think that the original Ghost Rider's better. It makes Ghost Rider one look like the Dark Knight you know it's worse than you know all these other terrible movies it's like all the the pre-internet like you know hype on the nerd sites was negative for the movie and then when it came out you know the regular film critics you know took a dump all over it and i just completely don't see why other than you know people other than us are just completely sick and tired of the crazy Nicolas Cage movie like uh, they think like this whole thing is old hat and passé um but at least uh the rest of the world uh hasn't quite uh turned against Nick Cage just yet this movie uh did better internationally than it did in the US oh, slightly wow. but uh yeah it's 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 kind of a depressing thing to know that you know people just aren't into these kinds of movies that uh you know let alone The crazy Neveldine Taylor style movie as well is a little too out there for most people. I think a lot of people who went into it expecting it to be like, like Crank 2, you know, well, they were disappointed there because, hey, it's a PG-13 movie and, you know, it's not something they wrote and it's also not appropriate for it to be completely crazy all the time. I think, like we said earlier, uh, it actually benefits the movie that it only goes into the crank crazy mode once Nick Cage can't really, you know, or Johnny Blaze, I should say, can't really, you know, keep it under control anymore. And so, uh, no, I thought this movie is, um, you know, probably the best movie I've seen in the theater all year at this point. I mean, it's only March. I mean, certainly there's going to be all these blockbusters coming out soon. Um, I'm looking forward to um, Guy Pierce uh, being sent into space to save the vice president's daughter from Peter Stormare. Uh, that that seems to me like the the next triumph of film. What about you guys? What are you looking forward to?
0: I have no idea. I haven't really been paying too much attention to movies lately. Um, like I even forgot that Ghost Rider had had to happen to be about be airing, except that uh, on the TV where one might stop at shop at games, started playing the trailers, but didn't really have that many action scenes. It was more like Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance in theaters. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, he didn't – you
2: didn't even remember that. I, I texted was like, hey, are we going to see Ghost Rider." Right? He's like, oh, I forgot. Do you want to go still see
0: it? And, yeah, I mean – Well, I thought it was the next week. Yeah, I, I remember I, that. I was off by a week, and I was like, oh, well, then let's go see it. Yeah. And we did, were like, oh, that was amazing. But I'm, I'm not usually that good at keeping up with movies as I am with other things. So well, I don't know what – Nico, what are we – what What shall be looking forward to?
3: You know, honestly, I'm blanking on everything that's coming out.
0: I'm telling and, you,
3: I'm doing a fantasy box office so I should remember but I don't have any movies for the month of March. So well well.
1: Yeah, Lockout uh, is April. So, you know, we is got It's Lockout got the got one the time. with
3: uh, this there's, there's one with Bruce Willis and I think one with Stallone. Which one's Lockout? Or is no, Lockout no, no, the one?
1: Lock, Lockout's the one I was talking about with Guy Pearce, being Guy sent to space. Okay. No, uh, Bruce Willis has some some funny ones where he's got to, you know, kill himself, you know, from the future. <laughs> <laughs> or Bruce Willis is, you know, himself from the future, you know, and they're their hitmen, and, you know, he's got a, you know, <laughs> that one looks, you know, pretty important. I don't remember the name of it. I got to look it up right now. Yeah. But yeah. I, I you know, that, I know all, yeah. all the nerds are like, you like know, can't wait for the Joss Whedon movie, where it's like, oh, well, I was looking forward to it until it was a Joss Whedon movie. Speak, of course, of the Avengers.
0: Yeah, well, I have, I have no problem with Joss Whedon, so I'm, I'm down with the Avengers.
2: I, I'm a comic book person, so I'm just like, Avengers, oh my oh. god. I
1: will watch the movie, and therefore, because because I'm going to give it a chance, I'm avoiding all the pre-release hype. I understand there's some trailers that have everyone excited. I bet money that uh, those will be trailers that, after the fact, everyone will realize, they'll say, oh, wow, gave away the whole movie. But no, the name of the movie with Bruce Willis is Looper. It's Joseph Gordon-Levitt as the hitman and Bruce Willis as Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the future that he has to kill. I'll watch that movie. Yeah, no, that
2: that sounds great. I want – we need to know.
1: Okay, totally I now know, Ex- I know, I Expendables now know. Expendables 2 on the subject. Oh, totally oh yeah. yeah.
2: That one looks, they finally, who, who was it? Uh Oh, Van Damme. They pulled him out of whatever hole he'd been yeah. hiding in. Yeah,
1: unfortunately it's a PG-13 movie, because Chuck Norris won't do P, R-rated movies. Oh, my God. God so damn you, uh, Chuck well,
2: Norris. They just need to yeah. kick him out of that movie then.
1: And like, I know yeah. no one else likes these movies, but uh, I am totally down for G.I. Joe 2, because I really like the first G.I. Joe movie, and everyone first, else hates that movie.
2: The first one was cheesy, but it was G.I. Joe, so I expected that. I, this I, one looks awesome. Yeah, I think yeah. this one's going to be really cool, too.
0: Daryl, you should move to Huntsville. So we'll go watch movies. Like, 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 obviously, that's yeah, your problem.
3: There's this Stilo movie is. coming out in April called Bullet to the Head, and I'm looking at IMDb. He's got, like... It's not
1: a, it's not a John Woo remake of Bullet in the Head, but it looks like it'll be pretty good. It's oh, yeah, just a simple he, name.
3: He's got, like, mafia tats all over his shoulders, and it's basically him and Jason Momoa are supposed to be teaming up. Oh, I actually,
1: so. I do want to see the Jason Statham movie safe, because Jason Statham drives a car and kills people. And then, and then there's going to be a, a version of Parker starring Jason Statham that uh, is coming out soon. Parker being, like, uh, the guy from, you know, Parker novels. I guess they made a Mel Gibson movie called Payback that was also based on Parker. Um, I
3: remember the movie, but I didn't know it was based on anything.
1: Yeah, it's based on books, and the books have been adapted into uh, some really good comics by Darwin Cook. Um, Highly recommended. But no, Safe is uh, Jason Statham versus the villainous James Hong, Um, you know, going on a tear throughout the city, (laughs) taking out uh, the Russians and the Chinese and, you know, New Yorkers and all that stuff.
0: And while it's not a – it's a video game, but uh, there's a game called Sleeping Dogs. It was originally true crime uh, Hong Kong. Then Activision dropped the, the developer for it, and then actually Square picked it up on the Ido side, and they're now repurposed it to make it a just an original game. Uh, the first trailer they did as as Square Enix uh, was actually a live action trailer. I don't know if anyone's seen it yet, but you really should. It's it's an awesome trailer, and it really makes. And if the video games they think like it, it's going to be awesome. And
1: I and I will put this one out there. Just because it's opening pretty much on the weekend on my birthday, it's not going to be playing anywhere down by me because I live in Florida. It's probably not going to be playing down by you, Basil, because you live, you know, also in a remote area. But there's this awesome Indonesian action movie called The Raid that's opening in limited uh, areas across the country. They're calling it The Raid Redemption, and it is pretty damn awesome. Like, I don't know if you ever heard of a movie called Marantau. It's the, like basically Indonesia is the new Thailand as far as like the crazy action movies that don't give a crap about the safety of anybody involved in making the film. And so uh, they're, they're pretty cool things. Uh, I think you'll like The Raid a lot if, uh, if you do get a chance to see it.
0: How many awesomes out of awesomes can we give Ghost Rider Spirit of Engine?
1: Uh, I'm going to say it gets roughly 80 screaming skulls out of five possible maximum. You know, it exceeds it by that many screaming skulls.
0: I'm going to give it a 12-year-old's hopes and dreams of everything he could be is in this movie. I'm
2: going to... I'm gonna give it a flaming line of piss of awesome. I'm gonna give it fifty bottles of the oldest wine that Idris Elba can find out <laughs> of awesome. How old was that wine? Like two thousand years that
3: old. Was, that, 3, was, that was like, that was two thousand years.
1: that was Jesus Christ. Christ wine. was yeah. yeah, like when Christ was crucified, they kept the wine <laughs> for a uh, rainy day. That's the actual
0: wine that was his blood. Yeah, and it went good on a salad. It, yeah, great on a salad. Uh, and so does Rice Red of Vengeance. It goes great on a salad. Wonderful on a salad so when it comes out on DVD and Blu-ray you should definitely buy it get a nice salad and enjoy the two together so thank you guys for coming on no problem not at all and until next time we will see you but for now we're out bye Music would play. Music. (laughs) Some kind of music. I don't know. Either I'll figure
2: it
3: out or. (laughs) Was there anything notable on the trailer or something that maybe that music played?